Okay, okay. <sighs> hey, Dan, what's wrong? Oh, it's nothing. It's just, um, I got a bunch of Urukai in my living room. Uh, you know, the, Ooh. the elite guard of, uh, of orc warriors and, um, yeah, they won't, yeah. they won't leave and, you know, they're drinking all my beer and eating all my food. And like, whenever I call, you know, whenever I go down and I like ask them to get out, they call me pink bitch and refuse to go anywhere. And like, I, I, I don't really like, know. I'm kind of at a loss for what to do. I don't really have any way of getting rid of them. Sounds like you need a sword, my friend. A sword, you say? Well... A sword, an axe, a knife, maybe some armor. Orakai are notoriously weak to swords. Uh, that they, is they, their <laughs> primary weakness. Um, do you have, like, a good place I could get one? Well, fortunately, you can get great swords, knives, axes, armor, chest sets, and other things from BattlingBlades.com. Battling Blades is your home for high-quality materials with fast and free shipping, amazing customer service, and you can get your hands on an exquisitely crafted piece with some high-quality metals, bone, wood, and leather, and get you a, uh, a sword that will clear those Uruk high right out. Not only that, Dan, but if you use discount code Mayberry, you'll save 10% on your order, which is going to come in real handy when you have to clean all the Urukai blood out of your couch. I can use that money on a steam cleaner. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> you'll save so much money. Battling blades. Swords. Battling blades. Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. Why do the Urukai know what a menu is? Do they have <laughs> restaurants? <laughs> a boo. Hello and welcome to another episode of Breaking Mayberry, the only podcast that asks the question, what if TV was bad? I'm mm. one of your hosts, I'm Marty Schneider. I'm the other host, I'm Dan Ludwig. It's truly a question for the ages. No one's ever asked this before. Uh, I probably should have chosen to say that on an episode that was actually bad. I actually really like this episode. But that's okay. I'm a bad host. Hello, Dan. <laughs> hey, Dan. Hi, Marty. Am I the only Marty that you know? Am I the only Marty mm. Schneider that you know? Yes. Yes, That mm. definitely to that. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. You may be surprised to know this, but I'm not the only Marty Schneider on the planet. Okay. There are more people I, with my name. I thought you were about to tell me that you had another Dan, and I was about to freak out. And then I thought you were about to tell me that you had another Dan Ludwig, and I was about to flip shit. So I'm glad that this is the direction that you're taking with this. Yeah, no, this is, nothing, this is not about you, man. No, this is my story. It's about me. about me. Okay. This yeah, is my story go. about me. Okay, so... You may be surprised to learn I'm not the only person with the name Marty Schneider on the planet. Uh, you might not be, you may be the only person surprised to know that I'm the only, you might be surprised to learn that I'm not the only person with my exact first, middle, and last name. You might be also surprised to learn that I am not the only person with my exact first, middle, last name, and date of birth. Mm -hmm. There has been another Martin Schneider 
whose existence has taunted me my entire life. There's another guy with the same name as me and the same birth date. And briefly for a while, I used his social security number. Mm -hmm. See, in high school, when I was went to go get my driver's license, for whatever reason, my parents did not have a copy of my social security card, uh, which you need to do in order to get a license. So I went to the social security office and I was given a card by them and they gave me a number uh, that belongs to a different Martin Schneider, a different guy. And I got my license with this, have known about this for a while. I didn't know about this for years, right? Mm-hmm. I've thought this, okay, cool. This is my, my number or whatever. I got my license. I graduated. I enrolled for college. I opened up credit cards with this, with this social security number. I didn't find out that I was using somebody else. I didn't find out about this other Martin Schneider until years later when I went to apply for student loans and they told me I already had them. So there's been another Martin Schneider. Our data is all entangled. It's all mixed up in each other's shit. Sometimes, like, when I try to open up bank accounts, they try to do verification. They'll ask me, like, which of these streets did you live on? And they're all places I've never lived. So mm-hmm. he and I have been entangled for a while. And we're both finally old enough now that it's, it's pretty well sorted out in the systems. Okay? The reason I bring this up is because recently, Dan... My wife had to go through a uh, a thing with her work where she kind of scrubbed off like a lot of traceable stuff on the internet. You know, all those like mm-hmm. public people finder websites. My my wife Sarah, who's already a very private person anyway, and wanted to do this to begin with, for her job had to like go through systems to scrub off you know personal contact information things from the internet and she did the men in black initiation she did the men in black, and she doesn't have that much to begin with but i have so much yeah but but while we were doing this she did me as well and i found the other marty schneider's contact information i have his email address i have his phone number now like i know the addresses that he has and some of my addresses are, are listed in there I want to be clear, like this guy and I have been part of each other's life separately for a while. The Social Security Administration, when I went to go fix this, were like, were you adopted? Were you born in this city that I wasn't born in? So now my question to you, Dan, is what do I do with this information? All right. So I've seen is the is the Jake Gyllenhaal movie called Enemy? Enemy. Yes. Do I have an enemy enemy situation? Does this does this end with a, a giant tarantula in the corner of my bedroom? I do not. I did not get that movie. I yeah, it was a weird ending. Enemy. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of indie movies where a situation like this happens, and usually it goes a couple of ways. But somebody has sex with somebody's somebody's spouse, mm, mm-hmm. or you and the other Marty hook up, or you and the other one of you kills the other one and takes their place or one of you just kills the other one and doesn't take his place. Or you guys get into some parrot trap antics. We might, we or you guys things. have maybe, some fun. Maybe it's time to get our parents back together, right? Like, yeah. Maybe let's you guys get together. Like, nah, nah, nah. 
Can I? Maybe like he, he, like the other Marty, like like show, like is just at your house wearing your clothes, and it's like, oh hi Sarah, it's me, your husband Marty, and she's like, you look a little different, and and then you pop out and you're like, just kidding, I'm here, and then you all have a good laugh. But also maybe he like shoots you. It's possible. Can I tell you also something amazing I that feel I like discovered? You're gonna hook up. I, I, I feel like it's amazing. I discovered. Remember, for a long time, I had the brand, you know, the Twitter handle, everything. Schneid remarks, which, by the way, S C H N E I D remarks is not me anymore. Uh, that Twitter handle has been taken over by some right wing dude uh, who sucks. Uh, so for the hundred episodes or whatever, where I'm saying go follow me on Twitter, at the, don't do that. That's not me anymore. Okay, but you know how I've been Schneid remarks forever. Mm-hmm. He has. I don't know how this alias got into his like public record information, but the other Martin Schneider sometimes goes by Hale Schneidra. God damn. Hale that's good. Schneidra. It's so good. You know what else is amazing? He goes by Hale Schneidra. I have a captain America tattoo in my arm. Captain America has been my thing for like two decades. And he's a he goes by the by the Hydra thing, Marty. I think you guys are gonna hook up. I, I gotta I think meet that's him. The one. I gotta meet I him. Think or maybe maybe he's a Nazi. <laughs> he might is, be a Nazi. That is a distinct <laughs> possibility. That is my a, last name could go either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Famously, my last name is the name of the Nazi woman in Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade. So, okay, it's possible. It's possible. So, so the question is, what do I do with this information? I think, I think number one, email. Do not call. Right. I thought about as as soon as I was given this gift this afternoon, I was like, I gotta call this guy. And then I was like, you have poor impulse control, Marty. Do not do this. I mean, if you still had a fucking Twitter, I would say, boom, easy. Now that you have his Twitter handle. I don't think that's his Twitter handle. I don't know where he goes by Hale Schneider. I don't know why that's in his public e- information, but it's on there. I mean, okay, so you are going to have to explain how did how you got his email. Now, I feel like right. you won't have... Yeah, but it'll probably be cool. There's one... I feel like just do it, just jump off the cliff, but another risk is like, you're like, hey, Martin Schneider, I'm also Martin Schneider. We've kind of had our lives entangled forever. And he's just like, you're the son of a bitch that ruined my credit. You bastard. Right. No, you've, I've I did. I did commit name. I yeah. did commit low level identity theft on this guy for a while. Right. I, I definitely made it harder for him to get approved for a mortgage. Okay. So what <laughs> I would say is I yes, maxed out should. that credit card, but, but he almost got me fired from my federal job because I had never registered for the draft. I had a job with the feds for a couple of years. And the first day they were like, Hey man, you can't work here. You have no, you have no draft record in your social security number. So I think that makes us even. I would say, yes, you reach out to him, but use a burner email. (laughs) You mean don't use the one that is my name. (laughs) Yes. Use, well, use, like Martin Schneider one (laughs) 
Like get use it use an email that like you can easily get rid of and has no connection to you. Cause Time to use that Proton mail address. Yes. But yes, I think that's the play. Just be ready to disengage very suddenly and maybe go dark for a bit. But otherwise, maybe well, you'll have fun. Fortunately, you guys are gonna fun. all my information has recently been scrubbed from the internet. So now's the time to do it, I guess. So is running a podcast with minimal digital footprint because you're paranoid and I'm lazy. I mean, no, it, it pretty much just comes down to like, no one can find my home address. Yes. Which you shouldn't do anyway. You know what? If you can find my home address, good on you. Come on by and I'll give you a pizza. How is it a recurring gag on this show? This is like the fourth or fifth time you have just said to the audience, come invade my personal space. (laughs) (laughs) You You have promised so many times to the audience, like, hey, can you get my phone number? We'll chat about Overwatch. You've done this so many times. Dan, stop encouraging the parasocial relationships. Holy shit. You're going to get stabbed. I really, if, if you, if you managed to dox me, I wouldn't be happy about it, but I would be flattered. Please, I'm gonna please don't, killed. please don't swat Dan. Please don't swat me. Don't do that. Don't, that won't be cool. My dog would really be a bastard about it. He would not take that well. Okay, okay, so today's episode, let's talk about the Andy Griffith Show, shall we? Today's episode is Season 5, Episode 27, Aunt B's Invisible Bow. It airs March 29th, 1965, written by two dudes we've never seen before, Ben Jolson and Art Bayer, and directed by a guy we've never seen before, this can't be a real fucking name, Theodore J. Flicker. (laughs) Theodore oh, I t- I t- J. Flicker. I, t- I, t- I take it back. We have seen Theodore J. Flicker one more one time before, uh, and it was the Chain Letter episode. <laughs> Theodore J. Flicker, who <laughs> who is about to take me on his magic train to Christmas Town? That Theodore J. Flicker <laughs> did. He took time out of running his chocolate factory to to direct an episode of Andy Griffith's show. That's so nice of him. Actually, I'm looking at, at Flickr's Wikipedia page, and number one, Flickr was kind of the uh, the force behind Barney Miller. Uh, he wrote the mm-hmm. pilot, uh, and I like this sentence. Flickr has written extensively on expressionism and how it applies to his own art. He is the author of the epic novel The Good American, one of the first books to be marketed exclusively on the internet. He's also the most dapper pervert in all of London. He had a documentary biopic about him that screened at the Santa Fe Festi- Film Festival in 2007. Like, okay, so Theodore Flicker is is like you're making it uh, so hard to rip on this guy's name by demonstrating he's a that well, he's a, he's a, a well-respected man. Human. He's a well-respected man with a ridiculous name. That is correct. Yes. God, he actually sounds like a pretty cool guy. Can I tell you though? In on May 13th, 1994, Flickr legally changed his name to Ted Flickr. Citation needed. 
You can just call yourself Ted. You can just call yourself Ted. You don't need to get the Social Security Administration involved in this. Also, there's, if I'm being there's honest, another Ted, Ted Flicker with his same birthday. Also, if I'm being honest, Ted, you went from like a magical guy in a top hat who leads me on a magical journey to another universe to Ted Flicker. Hey, I'm here to deliver a pizza. Oh, but it looks like you don't have any money. Yeah, absolute downgrade. Absolute downgrade. Okay, so Ted Flicker. Ted Flicker. That really seems like a uh, like an insult. Say, Ted it Flicker. Seems, it, seems, it seems like an insult from a child who doesn't know how to insult. It sounds like something that you would like uh, when you wouldn't be allowed to swear. Here's yes. the one sentence summary from Wikipedia. A guy who flicks Ted's. Aunt B invents a story that the butter and egg man is her new boyfriend. Dot dot dot. But he happens to be married. Mm-hmm. Marty. So this is an Aunt B doesn't fuck episode. Marty, a, a quick just proposition up top. Here, here's a suggestion. You tell me how it feels. What if when a guy is really good at fucking, we call him a real butter and egg man? <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Just like, like, oh, there, there goes Jeremy. I hear he's a real butter and egg man, if you know what I mean. Just sounds right, right? I, I like that. I like that. That guy, that guy's a real butter and egg man. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. How how was hey, how was your Tinder date last night, friend? Oh real he was a butter, butter and, egg, and man. egg man. He was a yeah. real butter and egg man. All right, man. Glad good yeah. good for you. Good for you. Butter and egg man is my grinder and handle. Yeah. Oh god. It fuck that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Butter so, and egg man. So in this episode, uh, Aunt B has a Canadian boyfriend, essentially. Uh, it's a boyfriend. You don't know him. He's in the next town, except it's a real person. And that caused a lot of problems. I love this episode. I thought this episode was great. It was genuinely funny. I appreciate everything that is done in this. The guy playing the butter and egg man is doing capital a acting like going yeah. so hard in a role. He does not need to go hard in it. It is. He is a real man. Like yeah. th- this motherfucker is a guy who exists in the world. And I you could <laughs> walk up to him and have an interaction. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy how much he is a person. There is a there is a wacky misunderstanding in this, a couple of misunderstandings, but they're reasonable ones and the they don't go on too long. I I love this. This is a an ideal platonic ideal for sitcom episode. Plus, Francis Bavier gets to do stuff, and we you know we love it when Francis Bavier gets to do stuff. Love that woman. Alright, so uh we start off with uh at the Andy Griffith household, at the Andy Taylor household. Aunt B is packing Opie's suitcase for a sleepover. There's a pretty good bit about like she's overpacking, uh, packing mm-hmm. for social anxiety, as we've said before on the show. Uh, she's packing him like three shirts, one good dress shirt, one good pair of slacks, like he's going to church maybe afterwards. And he's just going over to Johnny Paul Jason's for the night for a sleepover. It's like four in the afternoon. He's going to be there for 18 hours total. Yeah. 
So they send him out on his way. He the the other kid's parents pick him up. He's gone, having a great time. Helen Crump comes by. Crump's like, "Hey, where's Opie going?" They reiterate this. I think it's it must be in the morning. She came over for coffee, uh, and she says she's really stressed about work. Uh, and she says Howie Pruitt is turning into a real piece of shit. Yeah, just basically <laughs> just walks in and is just like that. Howie Pruitt's a real son of a bitch. Really making my life a living hell. Oh, hey, Bampy. Which is which is great. Like, if you've ever known any teachers, that's 100%. They, every teacher walks at home and they go, God, I fucking hate that kid. Like, yeah. But like, it's Howie Pruitt. We just, we just saw him last episode. He's a newspaper man. Yeah, he's a little prick. He almost <laughs> destroyed a family. He almost <laughs> basically got the entire main cast killed. So, yeah, like, seems like a little, little, little bit of a bastard. Also, I will, I just, timeline correction, this is same night. Helen and Andy are, like, coming by, they're gonna go out on a date, and they stop it because, well, not they, they don't stop it. They invite Aunt B to come out with them. She doesn't want to go out, so they say, oh, you know what? We'll we'll stay in tonight. It'll be fun. Well, I, I don't th- I don't think they had like a preset date. Like yes. Andy just floats the idea of just like, okay, well, I mean, you're a little stressed. You want to go out tonight? We'll go see a show or something. We'll go hang out. Like he's just saying, like, let me take your mind off of this stuff. And then he realizes, wait a minute, Opie's gone. So Aunt B, you're going to be here all alone. Do you want to come hang out with us? And then, yeah, and Helen's like, yes, please come on, hang out with us. He's like, hey, you know, you have no reason to exist when you're not child rearing. So uh, <laughs> we'll take pity on you, I guess. <laughs> there is a nice little like line that's kind of foreshadowing at the beginning where Andy like says, oh, man, I feel s- sort of funny. Feels make me feel a little sad whenever Opie leaves, even if he's just going away for the night. And I'm like, this is a huge change from the guy who frequently forgot his song suddenly existed in the past couple of seasons and aunt b says yeah well you'll have to get used to it imagine how someday he'll be all grown up and he'll get married and he'll leave the house forever and andy says yeah imagine how much stuff you'll have to pack for him then good joke good joke. good joke For- foreshadowing for a theme of the rest of the episode call back to what we just saw well done good work these guys and and I'm going to I'm going to say cuz it's you know we've been down on it a lot. I like uh I like Helen Crump in this episode. I like Andy's relationship with Helen Crump in this episode. I like their vibe. They're I like that they've kind of hammered out their thing as chill. They're a chill yeah. couple. They're very relaxed. Yeah. It's it's no big deal. Nothing to get excited about. Neither of them puts very much pressure on anything. Maybe we go on a date tonight. Maybe we hang out with my aunt. Crump's chill with it. She doesn't give a shit. Like, she's got no expectations. It's whatever, man. Like, that's that's the crump I like. Okay, they're very casual about it. For some reason, once again, everyone in this fucking town is obsessed with this one couple getting engaged. This is, again, at the root of this, is somebody's like, when are they getting engaged? Anyways, yeah. they hang out, and this happens in the next scene. Uh, and the, the next morning, Clara Edwards, 
Aunt B's frenemy and total bitch is Absolute. over. Absolute. Oh, God. See you next Tuesday. I uh, I am tempted. We we do not use like we have a line. We do not use the c word on this on this show. But who oh boy, Clara, the, Clara, I, it, the, the c word is Clara. Like, hate this woman. Hate this woman. I'm I'm not going to say it, but I want you all to know my wife did for me. She handled that, <laughs> so it was said not by me. But fucking piece of shit asshole dickhead hater hater so much worst person in the show worst person in the show and in a, in a crowded field of absolute pieces of shit uh so i just noticed i just noticed dan you didn't say the word but i'm looking at your notes and you wrote it all right buddy. yes i did <laughs> was no, fucking okay. mad so so so, so Here's the scene. They're all just having a they're having a morning. Aunt B's just like, oh, we had a really nice night with uh with Andy and, and Helen last night. Oh, we had a good time. We hung out, we hung out on the porch, it was great. The egg delivery dude comes by. There's just a quick scene where we're just kind of introduce this guy. He's like, Hey, I'm the guy who sells eggs and butter. Seems like a nice dude, seems like a guy you'd want to buy produce from. He gives her gives her a little gift. It's a it's a egg timer. It's a little sand glass, hourglass. It's three minutes. He's like, this is perfect if you want to make a three-minute egg. All right, bye. So he's just a nice guy who's delivering stuff to the house. Clara says, basically, like, ooh, Helen and, and Andy are getting close, aren't they? Oh, it's too bad they'll never get married or be comfortable being together forever because of you. You're in the because- way, Aunt B. Because they pity you too much and they feel sorry for you because of how alone you are. So they'll never get married because they'll feel guilty getting married because it'll mean they they won't be able to take care of you anymore. So by not being in a relationship, you're holding them back and ruining their chances at happiness. I'm just saying it because I love you, dear. I'm just I'm just looking out for you by telling you that. And let me tell you, I was the same way where my son who lived with me wouldn't get married. And then I met, what's his fucking name? Clark Cooper. Clark Cooper. And uh, and now my son got married. And you should just be more like me, Clara. Fuck it. The, the sheer amount of bullshit. The gall. The gall on this woman. The the reprehensible things per second in the like three minutes of dialogue that she has as like and and every time she does this, they cut to Francis Bobier that is doing too good of a job of a woman whose heart is breaking like like just this poor woman that is just being battered with guilt and shame and. And and pain and fear and loneliness. As I'm gonna make and, it make it real clear, make it real clear right now. Clara Edwards, woman who plays Clara Edwards, who is almost definitely dead. Mm-hmm. If I see you, it's on sight. I will one fight sec. this woman on sight. She's definitely dead. One sec, one sec. Hold on, hold on. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can pull it up. 
Oh, okay. No, so yeah, she, she died in 1979. She's been dead for a very long time. She was born in 1896. Jesus. Okay, so we're we're gonna say actress that played Clara Edwards, Hope Summers. No, you're dead. But if any of the descendants of Clara Edwards are out there and they're listening, I want you to know it's on sight. On sight. If we see a member of the Summers clan, we're going to take you down. We're hunting for Summers like it's fucking Age of Apocalypse, okay? We're on it. We're com- That was an X-Men reference, Marty. Yeah, but I, I got it. I understand. Yeah. Like, I understand. We're all understand. over you like Mr. fucking Sinister. We're hunting Summers. It's summer season. We're going to kick all your asses. Summer is a season. Yeah, for violence. <laughs> okay. All right, buddy. Actually, Hope Summers, I think, How is a Marvel character. How much of this character. episode do we have to edit out? Is it a lot? I feel like it's a lot. <laughs> a parody. Parody. Pa- we're, we're parody. We're not uh, satire. We're safe. We're good. We're good. We're good. Fun note uh, from... For nearly I twenty know years, I'm gonna beat every, the asses of every member of the fucking Summers family. Is that what it's about? For, for twenty years, from 1961 until her death, Hope Summers was the voice of Mrs. Butterworth in the Mrs. Butterworth syrup commercials. I'm neutral on that information. I was about to be like, I I thought it was Aunt Jemima for a sec. I couldn't remember which one was the racist one for a second. No, it's it's, it's like, Mrs. Of Butterworth. Of course, it was the racist one. Uh, all right. right, so no, like she does this. She does this so she can get a humble brag about her relationship with Clark Cooper. And as a little dig, Aunt B asks, "Oh yeah, does he still cut the slits in his shoes?" What the? I, I don't. <laughs> I, I'm really hoping that was an a, a, an an extremely good burn. One sec. I should have. No, 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 no. I, I, I did. You I did the it? research on this. I did the research on this one. I did some research on this. What this could possibly mean, uh, and I came up with a couple of forums stuff, some stuff about the uh, the bulletin board, some stuff from the Andy Griffith, like rerun Watchers Club, and I've come up with two possible explanations. Um, there are two possible reasons why someone might be cutting slits in their shoes. One makes a little more sense than the other. So here's the one that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Back in the day, all men wore dress shoes with leather bottoms. Uh, If you ever had a pair of these, you know, they're very slick on many floor surfaces and carpet. The only good traction they would get is on concrete. A man would sometimes take a knife and cut slits across the bottom of the shoes to give them better grip or traction so as not to slip and bust your constitution. But that's what they say. That's not my wording. So I don't think I don't think Aunt B is saying, does he still slip and fall all the time? No, I think what she's saying is, is he still a fucking cheapskate? Uh, because oh. cu- cutting slits in, in shoes would allow room for kids toes to fit in as they grew. This was practiced during the depression when shoes weren't at the top of the priority list. So like someone who grew up during the great depression, uh, who was alive during the great depression might be in the habit of cutting uh, slits into shoes. So they don't have to buy new shoes. So she's saying, is he still a cheapskate who's acting like it's the great depression, which hypocrisy abounds, but you know, it's not a great burn. It's not a great burn. I mean, it's not your best work. I think it's just I mean, something that is just missed in context. Now, let me tell you something that I found on 
the Andy Griffith Show forum, Miss Crump's Blackboard. Uh, this is this is a message uh, from November twenty eighth, two thousand eleven, uh, from a user named Thels Cruz. Thels Cuz Thels Cuz. I think it's Thelmaloo's cousin. Thels Cuz. Thels Cuz writes. <laughs> the subject is shoes and feet, and Thels Cruz writes. I've noticed that certain everyday things are frequently mentioned or given special attention, at least in literature. In school, I wrote an essay suggesting that William Faulkner paid extra attention to the shoes and feet of his characters. Does anybody think the tags writers did other did likewise? Is special notice given to any of the shoes and feet of the characters? Let's try to list some. I'll start off with Gomer's new shoes with the buckles on the side when he was taking Mary Grease to the dance. Just, just sitting here thinking about TV characters' shoes and feet like you do. Anybody like a, else like a... think about this? <laughs> just give yourself a favor here. Just Google Faulkner letters. <laughs> hey, does literary ama- analysis make anybody else rock hard? I mean, good, good on you, foot fetishists. <laughs> so Dan, an actual Dan, foot Dan. fetishist needs to help this guy. Oh, don't worry. They did. <laughs> they did. There are so many replies to this. I am scrolling. This, this conversation went on for at least a week. Because everybody, that was the, next, the next response was cutting slits in the back of the, of the shoes. Didn't Aunt B have a suitor who had the smallest feet she'd ever seen? Mm-hmm. There is just a huge, like, long discussion of every single time feet are mentioned as shoes, like, in the Andy Griffith show. I don't know if these people knew what they were doing. If they were like, yeah, we know all about the Andy Griffith show. Let's talk about the feet. Let's talk about them. But, yeah. Thel's cuz is getting quite a lot of uh, material out of this post it goes on for so long so long daniel can you <laughs> all right we gotta drop a we gotta drop a link to this that, that that has to be included in the description i will do it i will do it for sure this needs to be memorialized and i think i think that there it's about halfway through people like about a half and half for people who just want to talk about the Andy Griffith show minutia and some person who's just like doing very normal things. People who are working some stuff out, figuring (laughs) some stuff out about themselves via, via these, the Andy Griffith show learning weird. It's such a weird thing. Another thing I learned, Dan, is that there was actually a good number of reasons why someone might cut. Oh, up their shoes even today triathlon runners uh will sometimes cut slits in the in the bottom of their shoes to relieve pressure in certain locations or to gain traction in certain areas you might also cut off the top like toe part of your shoe uh as a way of handling plantar fasciitis i have done a lot of research into this dan there's so many reasons why someone might cut up in their shoes and in in honesty man i'm starting to think maybe this makes sense Right? Why? Why would? Why would a pair of shoes ever that I bought off the rack ever like be tractioned specifically for me? Maybe if I lop off like a, a curved part of the heel, I'll get better better speed when I'm running. I don't know. 
I've gone so far down this rabbit hole, my man. Okay, let do you do you want to like cut slits in your shoes? Like, do you want to like next time we're hanging out? Like, do do like <laughs> just, like cut your just shoes? Like, ha- just have a, a shoe cutting party. Yeah, I think so. Get the, the getting the boys together to cut some shoes. I mean, regardless of the <sighs> interpretation, still weak insult from Aunt B. Not it her sucked. best work. It sucks. Yeah, Clara pretty pre- Clara dominated her pretty hard in this. She got her ass beat. <laughs> So, I'm sorry, I don't mean to move on. Did you have more you wanted to say about the cutting of shoes? <laughs> I feel like you put a lot of legwork into this, so I don't want to move on before you're done talking about shoe cutting. I th- I just, there's a number of reasons why someone might cut up a shoe. You probably shouldn't just, use, I learned you probably shouldn't just take an X-Acto knife, but if you can get, like, those specific woodworking tools, you can make more precise cuts in order to gain better traction. Jesus Christ, the things that I've learned from this show. Let's move on. Okay. So Clara ruins a woman and and then leaves and they show Ampy being fucking miserable. Cut to the living room. Opie is calling to tell Andy that uh, he has been invited to stay another night. I like I like the way that they say this because Andy says, now, are you sure they asked you to do this? Are you sure you were invited? Because you are a rude child. Mm-hmm. You're a notorious little bastard. So just got to lock this down. So after that, Andy, like Ampy comes in and Andy says, like, Opie is staying another night. Why don't you join me at my evening plans? I'm going over to Helen Crump and she's running a Sunday school. I think I think it's it's that she's got people. It's kind of confusing. I don't think she's running a Sunday school class, but she's got people from her Sunday school class coming over because this is like a Friday night. No, she Andy specifically says she has slides. Yeah, so but, it's, but is, it's 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 vacation slides like she's just got friends coming over from from Sunday school and they're going to like check out like vacation. They're not doing, they're not doing a church class right now. It's just people from church are coming over. Okay. I, my, my read on it was that she's teaching a Sunday school class out of her house, which I mean, is that that outlandish in this dog shit town that that's I mean, something they would po- do on a Friday it night? It is possible. It is possible, but I just, I think it gets a little confusing there. Otherwise, anyway, Aunt B's like, no, I can't. I can't be with you. I can't come over. I can't. Uh, and she says, I have a date. That's why I can't hang out with you. Yeah. And Andy, uh, Andy's like, oh, really? Yeah, like kind of a really, but more like genuine excited for her. Yeah. And like, I mean, to to back up. Andy has not invited her to a date. Andy has invited her to a social function. Like where there'll be a lot of people. It's a completely normal thing for her to come along to her coming causes no inconvenience, but Clara has ruined her so bad that she's just desperately looking for a thing to not join in on. So she panics and says, uh, it's Orville Hendricks, the butter and egg man from Mount pilot who we talked about him showing up, but uh, I mean, Orville Hendricks, the butter and egg man from Mount pilot. Good looking dude. Yeah. Good pick. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. A dude that, that, that aunt B could pull too. silver Fox. 
so so then we we cut straight to the jail the next day and andy and barney are telling jokes about it and they're like oh and barney's like oh good for her she's got a boyfriend and then he says something like all right he uh he buttered her up hey it was, it was yeah. like, there was another part of it he no it's he buttered her up she egged him on that and then was they it. have a that good laugh and i mean and they, they have uh, and they have a good laugh for way too long all right guys we stop laughing at your own joke they laugh at their they, own joke for far too long and i again once i i will say again hypocrisy abounds because yes. if there's if there's two guys who know anything about laughing at their own jokes for too long eh, they're right here i'm your if host marty schneider if there's two guys that know about getting a lot of mileage out of a mediocre pun, you're looking at them. <laughs> or listening to them, really. Yeah. And but but they then the thing starts to turn when Barney's asking like basic questions like, okay, well, I mean, what is what's he like? If you what's how old is he? What's his deal? And Andy says, uh, I don't know, man. I've never met the dude. And our mm-hmm. and Barney starts to get concerned, like, well, you don't know anything about this guy. Andy yeah. points out, like, I don't have to. She's a grown woman. Which, <laughs> so, you okay? Fuck you, dude. I just read <laughs> your note. I just saw your note here. Go I mean, on. He's, so, Barney, and, and he says, because he has told, and Barney argues that con men often there, prey there are on many, the elderly there are many con men out right. yeah yeah and uh they prey on the elderly which is a horrible thing to do because it, it's about as bad as preying on children in fact it's worse because children have somebody to look out for them they have they have parents but old people they're alone and when you when you pick on them it threatens the integrity of the hive and and they're horrible people that should be blown up. This joke only makes this joke only makes sense if you've seen the Jason Statham movie The Beekeeper or you've listened to our bonus episode about the beekeeper. <laughs> uh, so sign up for our Patreon, I guess. God yeah, this, this it, is Dan. an advertisement for the for the Patreon. This joke would make sense if you had heard it. Assuming we <laughs> I managed to release it before we did this episode. Bar- but, Barney says, "Like, what if I do a background check on this guy? What if I tail him for a few days? Maybe I should follow him around to make sure he's safe." Let me do a background yeah. check on him for a few days. Tail him around. Jason what? Statham is not Australian. I cannot <laughs> emphasize this enough. I'm trying my best to make him not Australian. It's not working. <laughs> the more, the more I try to make him not Australian, the more Australian he becomes. You're the fucking crocodile hunter right now. Christ. <laughs> so I think I think this next bit though is almost entirely improv. Upon the second uh watch, I realize that Don Knotts is just throwing out lines that Andy does not even know how to respond to. Because he he like he, the things he's like, it's pretty fucking funny. He he goes like, listen, it's just a simple tail job. I'll just follow him at work, at home, watch him bathe be there when he sleeps pick up one of his kids from school just like 
just like just immediate and this is rapid fire just deranged levels of surveillance as and he, he, just like jesus jesus holy shit okay whoa 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 what no what no don't do that and, like, and, and this, this all an this all comes this all comes to a head as don not says well suppose he's suppose he's a crazy person what if he's one of those guys who howls at the moon when the moon comes out and Andy just goes howling at the moon. What if he's a bathtub murderer? And Andy's trying so hard to bail on the scene. He's like, I gotta go. I gotta go pick up Opie or something. He's running and it ends with Don not screaming. Those are a skit. What? Those are the worst kinds of schizophrenics or something like this. <laughs> I feel like this whole thing was ad libbed. I feel like yeah. Andy was genuinely trying to get out of this. It was very good. I laughed yeah. at this. And then, like to 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 the episode's credit, Barney does not actually tail any. He he doesn't go behind Andy's back or whatever. He just happens to pull into the filling station where the truck is there. Like they just yeah. sees what uh, Hendrix's butter and eggs as a truck, and so he just starts asking the guy that's there. It's a little. It's a. It's like a teenager, and the teenager is like, "Oh, I think it's really great to work for Mister Hendrix. I mean, I'm probably pretty biased." He's my dad. He, I'm only driving the truck right now because he's taking my mom out to lunch or whatever. And so there's the reveal. The kid reveals Hendrix is married with a with a a co- child. Cut to the first yes. commercial break. Great so far. On board. Yes. So cut to the jail. Barney busts in. Boy, oh 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 boy. Just the normal thing of like baiting Andy and and Andy does the exasperated like what? And Barney goes on a big thing of making Andy promise to not become angry and violent. Just be like, I'm going to tell you this. You don't get you need to not get pissed off. You need to not fly off the handle. In fact, you need to promise that you are not going to explode into violence. And he's like adding a little fodder, I think, to your theory from the last episode that Barney might actually just be Lucifer because he's like, he's like, don't get angry. Don't yeah. get violent. Promise me you won't get Promise me you won't handle any of these shotguns that I'm not trying to block very hard, which he is. He is making him promise to not get violent specifically to put the idea of violence into his head. Barney Correct. wants him to kill this man. Like, maybe kill him, maybe beat him up. Barney wants this man hurt. Not even necessarily... I, I think he Barney just wants violence to happen. So two, scene, two scenes from now, he'll flat out say that. Yes. Yes. Barney explains that... Or Barney explains what happened. He explains that he heard from Hendrix's son that Hendrix is married. And Andy is real, is upset by this. He's very confused. But he he's not like kitchen. he's not like furious. He's like wounded. Like he's he's yeah. like he's hurt, and he like makes Barney say over and over. Basically, he like safeguards against most of these episodes, which is like, are you fucking positive? You you're yeah. not misinterpreting. You're not exaggerating. We didn't have a wacky misunderstanding. You yeah, know. we didn't get the wrong Hendrix. Um, and Barney is like, nope. Uh, the kid. I got it from the kid, and Andy is like d- d- devastated. Plays it really well. I, I one thing I really like about this episode is that everybody's actions and 
behaviors here are motivated by genuine love for Aunt B. Like, I yeah, you, you you feel like they really care for this woman and they don't want to see her get hurt. They don't know how to handle this. Like, I don't know how I would bring this up to be honest. Like, how would how would you handle this? Finding if it let's say it's one of your friends you find out is dating a married man. You know, let alone no, no. Your, I'm like, gonna do it with my grandma. Aunt. Like your grandma. I'm gonna do grandma. Okay, so I'm finding out that my grandma is dating a married man. Yes. Hmm. Is it bad that I wouldn't really give a shit? <laughs> yeah, you should care about that. I, I mean, feel I like know, I would... after a certain age, it's kind of like fuck around, do whatever you want. I guess that. Okay, that's a crucial thing. Is it's my grandma, so I'm just kind of like, hey, whatever, man. You guys are going. You guys are going out of the picture soon. Have fun. Okay, so if it's, let's say, if it's, if it's a friend, if it's a contemporary, if I find out that, let's say. I feel like this is a non-issue right now, because, like, if, if you are, like, cheating on your spouse, you get found out immediately to these days. One second. I feel like that's a non-issue these days, because, like, if you are cheating on your spouse, you can keep that up for, like, three or four weeks, like. Anyone can identify that shit so fast. It is. Yeah, it is. I I, has cheating. I mean, I've never been that plugged into this, but has cheating gone like the way of the dodo? Like, is it just something you can't do anymore? Like, I think it's something you can't do for very long. Yeah, (laughs) just because like, I mean, at the very least, somebody's shooting somebody a DM at some point. Correct. Yeah, or you're just going to check location services on somebody's phone. You're going to get tagged. You're going to get tagged in an Instagram story that someone's going to see. Yeah, like, it's just impossible. Like, and yeah, so this is a complete non-issue. I would, we would not have to tell, I'm thinking of a specific one of our friends that this could happen to. And I can't imagine having to tell them because they would find out real fucking fast. Andy's like, hey, Opie, you need to go outside. I need to talk to Aunt B about some personal stuff. Opie's like, I haven't finished my homework. And Andy's like, no, you need to go. And Andy's like, damn. Or Opie says, damn, you must be talking about something real good. All right. And once Opie's gone, Andy says, hey, so uh, how much do you know about Mr. Hendrix? And Aunt B like gives made up details that are so sad. So this comes in two waves. And the first wave is like, tell me about your boyfriend. Well, he delivers the eggs and the cream and the butter. And he comes on Thursdays and he's a very nice man. And it's like, all right. So she hasn't thought this lie out and she doesn't know anything about this guy. And it's sad in that way. And then like, Andy is like, oh, well, um, what about like, 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 tell me more about him. And then she launches into like a fantasy that's like, we go on long walks and hold hands and we discuss philosophy and he loves me for my mind and uh, he's very tender and sweet. And it's just like, oh, and he's, he's lonely. You have no idea how lonely it can be. And she's also lonely in all the same ways that I'm lonely. Who boy. Oh, it's brutal. It is brutal. And, she, and she, like, she, she, I want to say the placement here. She won't look at Andy. Like 
He's standing behind her. She is gazing off like into the backyard. She will not look at him in this. It's kind of like, and Andy is like doing the, the discomfort and pain really well as as an actor. And I'm just kind of like, Oh, now this is the time you guys are good at your jobs when you're betraying (laughs) this pain. (laughs) Like you couldn't do that during one of the fun ones. But and Andy uh, kind of gives up. He's like, oh, all right. Well, maybe you guys should go on a double date with us. Bye. Leaving this situation. They cut to the jail. Andy, Barney and Crump are sitting around. Barney is yelling at Andy specifically for not beating the shit out of Hendrix, which Andy's yeah, he, like, you he, told me not to get violent. And then Barney goes like, oh, you have an answer for everything. So Barney yeah. wants wanted him to kill this wants guy. violence barney wants some violence. Yeah. barney wants blood more blood for the yeah. blood god andy more blood for the blood, blood god. for the blood god <laughs> which helen crump who is just kind of that was good i think that was that was your best don knots to date <laughs> more blood for the blood god andy did i lose it i think it was, it was still decent but but crump the the rational one here is also like i think you should go talk to this dude yeah, basically, it's just like, what if you just went to see him and talk to him? So, cut to the barn where Hendrix is a, on the... A wacky misunderstanding in this scene that lasts exactly as long as it needs to, and it ends logically, but it still sets up for some good fucking bits. Yes. Hendrix is on the phone with uh, a customer who is complaining uh, and he says, okay, uh, sorry, I'll send you a, a new dozen next time. Uh, and he tells his teenage son, and he hangs up, he says, hey, you've really got to drive a little bit more carefully when you drive the truck. That's the third person today who's complained about getting uh, eggs with cracks in them. And the son goes, I know, Pop. So there's the setup. Andy mm-hmm. comes in, Andy and Barney come in and Barney's very funny in his, like he's in full on uh, interrogation or intimidation mode. But Andy kicks him out and says, I want to talk to Aunt Hendrix alone. And yes. Mr. Hendrix says something like, Oh, I bet I know what this is about. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, it's fucking it's a it's a Frasier bit, man. This is it's we we so give funny. this like <laughs> when we give this credit, we compare it to like another show, and normally we're like, it's about as good as cheers. No, baby, they hit Frasier this time. This is so funny. The the back and forth. He says things like, Listen, when you drive around delivering eggs every place, these things are bound to happen, right? Huh? Right? That just happens. And he's like, well, I don't care about the other times that it's happened. He's like, listen, I do this sort of thing all the time. <laughs> no. Don't don't tell him a wife. She gets upset about little stuff like this. And Andy is like, does this like like you don't you're not going to tell her about this? Be like, why would I tell her about it? It's no biggie. <laughs> like at which point eventually Andy just breaks and just goes. And which, okay, so Hendrix just goes, he's like, so this thing happens a lot. And Hendrix goes like, well, you know how it is in the egg game, which based off of Andy's interpretation of this, just be like, 
Well, you know how it is, man. In this field, you just can't stop fucking. Like, it's just, it, it just keeps happening. Us, us butter and egg men. It's just, we're just fucking our way from neighborhood to neighborhood. I try not to, but. The eggs aren't the only thing getting laid. There we go. That's how you celebrate a mediocre pun. (laughs) So, I mean, like like the bit where where he offers to clear up the misunderstanding by by bringing brand new eggs and throwing in a pound of butter. Like that'll solve this this issue. Which again, Andy's interpretation is like, listen, here's how I'm going to apologize for blasting your aunt. I'm going to drop off some eggs. It's like, you fucked my aunt. It's like, some butter. All right, how about that? That's the equivalent of your blasted aunt to me. That seems like a fair trade, right? So fucking funny. I've been handing these out all day. In in the butter and egg game, fucking's 90% of the job. Finally, Andy says, like, hey, man, I don't think we're talking about the same thing. Uh, and Hendrix is like, man, lots of people come in here and complain about broken eggs. Most people just call me, though. And he says, mm, this isn't about eggs. There's been some rumors going around that you and my uh, my aunt are more than just a egg person and his patron. And then Hendrix freaks out, dude. This is what we were saying earlier. Capital A acting from uh, Woodrow Shambliss is the name of this actor. Uh, should mm. point out that uh, he got his start in a Chekhov play. Uh, it was not a very successful play, but he he yeah he worked with Chekhov. That was his deal. This is a a strong capital A actor, and he is just like, what? How could this ever get started? What? 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 It's no because it's much more. This it's, could destroy uh, my livelihood and my home. It's much more human than that. It is literally like if I told you, not even you, it's like somebody I don't know that there was a rumor that they were cheating on their uh, on their spouse. Like it is very much like, what? No, what? Fuck. Like, no, I'm like upset by that. I'm kind of like kind of grossed out. I'm kind of yeah, I don't I, like, want he was, my he, wife and kid to hear this. He like. plays feeling violated. Like, but yes. not like real yes. big, like he, he feels like, and, and the, the crucial thing. And I think it's like the one thing Andy shouldn't have fucking done this episode is Andy says, there's a rumor going around, which means a lot of people are talking about it, which freaks him out more because it's like, my wife could hear about this. My kids could hear about this. There's no right. rumor. Andy's aunt told him. So he could have just said like, he could have been honest. He could have said, my aunt told me you were dating to which he would have been like, no, actually, and, or- no, I will. I'll, de- I'll defend Andy's word choice here because by this point, the, the number of people who know about the fake boyfriend have expanded to Barney and we're about to learn Clara. Clara yeah. is also her. Clara finds out about the fake boyfriend. We're now at like five people who know about the fake boyfriend, uh, and that's going to turn into rumor territory real fast, especially once that bitch Clara Edwards gets it in her head. Why did you tell her? Why did you say this to her, Aunt B? So, Why no, would you I say think, that to I think I think rumor is the right word for, for uh, them to say, and I think Hendrix is rightfully upset, and I think Hendrix yeah. is... Hendricks is like, I'm canceling your order. you got to find a new butter and egg man. The, the, the passion with which he says... I think you best find yourself another butter and egg man. 
is outrageous. It's amazing. Uh, I love it. He annihilates. It's just like, and it's yeah. such a human performance. And yeah, that will get back to that that guy's wife eventually. He does business in that area. This has become a real problem for him. He's fucked. Eventually, someone's going to say something to his wife now. Fuck you, Hendrix. It's time for us to leave. Bye. Deal with your shit later. Yeah. So his life is probably ruined. Um, but Andy... <laughs> Has a satisfactory outcome. I mean, he's not happy about it. They do a good job of making him like he doesn't walk out, but like, <laughs> like he's not like, yay, everything worked out. He's kind of like, this is fucked. And Barney yeah, is still like, trying to figure you- out this whole thing. Like it, that's still he has more questions than answers at this point. So and Barney is like, did you beat the shit out of him? Did you kill him? Tell me everything. And Andy's like, just drive me home. And Barney is like. You never tell me the good stuff. So, yeah, Barney's, like, primary interest in this supporting my he's the devil thing is, like, he wants bloodshed. I don't think he particularly yeah. cares the reason why or how it happens. He just wants a man to be hurt. He he wanted to tell the guy hoping he would find something that could ruin this. Yes. So. Andy goes back to the house, and he's coming into the house as Clara Edwards is leaving. And Clara starts sticking her nose where it doesn't belong. Claire should stick her fucking head in the oven. Like, just, yeah, <laughs> I hate this woman. Uh, and uh, she said, she starts asking like, well, it seems like you and uh, Miss Crump are getting really close. Will we get an announcement anytime? And Andy's like, what are you talking about? You old bat. And she says, well, I figured now that Aunt B has a boyfriend and you won't feel so obligated to take care of her. Man, my whole <laughs> My whole shtick is being revealed right now. Which Andy is like snarling at her. He's like doing the fake smile. He's like, oh, you thought that, did you? You thought that Aunt B was holding me back? And you you were you you thought that she was a burden preventing me from getting married? And you told her that, did you? <laughs> it's so nice. And I wanted, I thought when he did that, that Claire was gonna be like, oh no, I'm being reproached. But she's like, that's right, you're welcome. Do do, 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 off to my life. Like she walks Nobody away. Nobody ever suffers repercussions except for Mr. Hendricks. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Hendricks' life, life is ruined. ruined and he's Clara get thinks divorced. Clara thinks she did a great job and she's like, I Andy loves me. Andy thinks yeah. I'm the best. Yeah. I just want to point out here, everyone in this episode ruined an innocent man's life. Which that kid that Barney met is going to go to school and the kids are going to be like, ha ha, you're dead fucked it be <laughs> infidelity. And he's going to be like, shut up, you guys. My dad's a good man. Like, like just, just, just a horrible tragedy happening just off screen. Like, yeah. <laughs> But Mr. it's okay, because here at the Taylor household, things are wrapping up pretty nicely. Because Andy goes in, and he's like, hey, Aunt B, did you have this idea in your head that you were holding us back and that you were keeping me from being happy? And did Clara, that bitch, put it in your head because you didn't get it from me or, or Helen? And Andy's, you know, this is a really good moment where he's just like, listen, you're part of the family. The family is you, me, and Opie. And if Helen gets added to that family, you don't, you're still in it. Like you're, you're not a burden. He's like very honest with her and Mm -hmm. it's a 
moment. I it's really sweet, and I I really liked it. I don't have anything else to say about it. It's just a good bit. It's yeah, just a no, good... it's it's well acted. It's very well written. It's very sweet and human. And they do a thing where Ampy keeps starting to cry, and Andy tells her to wait a little bit, and then at the end, he says, "Now you can cry," and she like breaks down. But it's just like he just says the simple thing of like. If we do get married, you're not going anywhere. Like, you're part of this forever, which, yeah, is like what breaks her because she thought that, like, ult- like at the end of the day, the real thing she thought was that when Andy mo- like and Helen Crump get together, she's gone. Right. Which, yeah, right. that's like the root in the root insecurity. They have the five minute honest conversation about their feelings that solves the whole situation. The one that we've been begging for for years. I I like this. The stinger. The stinger is that uh, a new butter and egg man shows up to take orders and says, hi, you guys are new on my route. Uh, I heard you were looking for a butter and egg man. Can I take an order? By the way, I'm a handsome widower. I have no family and I have no wife. And Aunt B is just the horny face comes on. Aunt B's horny face just snaps into place. And we do, in fact, go from an Aunt B doesn't fuck episode to an Aunt B fucks episode. episode. Her eggs are about to get scrambled. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. And that's it. That's the episode. Ratings, <laughs> ratings. All right, let's go. Andy meter. Fucking let's nine. say ten. All right, yeah, it's high. Yeah, you it's know up what? There. It's up there. It's a nine or a ten. I'll say a ten. Fuck it. Yeah, it's well. But no, the egg farce, bro. The egg farce, like the yeah. Okay, okay. Eggs ten versus it's, it's a ten. It's a ten. It's a ten. It's a ten. It's so good. It's so well written. It's tight. If I it's, saw that in an episode of a good TV show. I would like I it's le- legitimately heartwarming like I legitimately feel for these characters. Yeah. It yeah. it hits I all feels, the It feels it, good. It has it's genuinely funny. It's well written. It's well acted. It I think I said earlier that it's like the the platonic ideal of a sitcom episode. Great. Yes. Good job. Uh Barney meter. I nothing. Zero. Not what? Nothing. Nothing. Zero. Yeah. Keep gathering that dust on a Barney meter and Goober, Goober meter is also a zero. If if anything, this is an episode where he like is burrowing further in on his like location and everything. He seems and happy with his life. Like so, like yeah, he things are going well with Crump. He doesn't despise Barney right now. Yeah. It's it's a zero. It's a ten, a zero, and a zero. It feels like it feels that's probably the highest we've ever got. It feels like there's a real we're we're heading into a transition period between what was the Andy Griffith show and what the Andy Griffith show will be. We're about to like kill off a few of the like recurring characters. The next episode, I think we get the fun girls back, and I think that's the last time we see the fun girls. Yes. Early on in the next season is the last time we see Ernest T. Bass. So I think I think this is a transitionary period. It feels like a lot of new blood is coming in. 
new writers. Ted Flicker is is uh, going to be here a little bit more. So I think that we're seeing a big door-to-door shift. glitter salesman Ted Flicker. So let's see how th- how this plays out for us. But I I mean I think we're still going to have plenty of shit to talk about. I mean, again, we have heard time and time again that the black, the color seasons are ass. Yeah, so, so it's going to be great. All right. Yeah, so that's we, it for us, though. I think that wraps this episode up. This episode of The Andy Griffith Show is good. Watch it on Pluto TV. Watch it on Pluto TV next to your sweet, sweet axe from BattlingBlades.com. Battling just, Blades. Just, Arm yourself just, for, the, for the coming apocalypse. <laughs> arm yourself for the Andy Griffith show is where I thought you were going to say with that. So I want you to want you to sit on the couch next to this sweet, sweet axe, this Viking axe, and just hold a tomahawk, hold tomahawks in both hands and enjoy the Andy Griffith show. That's battlingblades.com code break code Mayberry. We thank you everybody. Thank you everybody for listening. Please, uh, if you like us, support us with your money dollars. Patreon.com slash Breaking Mayberry. If you want to support us in a way that doesn't involve your money dollars, you can leave us a rating or review or just tell your friends. Promote it uh, with the word of mouth. That's all we need. I'm going to keep this pretty short instead of rambling on like I normally do. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you all down at the fishing hole. Bye. <laughs> Abo. Bum 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 b